Let's talk content in Malaysia and how we're surviving as creators in this here part. To introduce the first episode of ATB3's Meet the Editors, I'm joined by Mass's very own bald-headed chief editor, and I mean no offence, it is, after all, in his name. You gotta have your own style, but you, you gotta know what people want. And you gotta be a bit commercialised, a bit. Yeah. Just the really good and successful artists, they know how to tread that line. From managing property around our very own Monkera area as a real estate agent to being underemployed for a couple months and hanging around a sneaker store, which he says is the first stomping ground of what will be known as masses today. Brian Botachin, chief editor of the street-centric multimedia platform, is here at ATB to share with us how a simple blog featuring the new kicks in town became a platform for all things street, both on and off the screen. Uh, basically, it's like Hypebeast. I, I don't know, probably not as, you know, the same standard as Hypebeast, but of course, we we took something, an inspiration from there, and uh, but we only cover Malaysian news. So anything to do with Malaysia... Uh, if if you're from Malaysia or you're someone staying in Malaysia or if an international guy or international brand is doing something in Malaysia, we would like to cover that. Uh, but other than that, outside of Malaysia, we don't. We don't cover it at all. So we've gotten quite a lot of uh, emails, uh, content being passed to us and they've they have always asked, you know, hey Brian, you know, masses want to cover this, want to cover that. Um, even like our neighbours down south in Singapore. Uh, we we just stick to our guns and say, no, only Malaysia. And why is that? I mean, is it because you wanted to be like this, like not an influencer, but a key player in the Malaysian industry? Or is it because you lack manpower? Or what was the main reason why you're focusing on Malaysia? Uh, it's simple. It's it's extremely difficult. Because, okay, if, if you do international, uh, you, you better be prepared. Meaning you need the resources, you need the manpower, you... You gotta cover everything. You gotta have people on ground. New York, London, Japan, Korea, you name it. Uh, if if you can't be on par with people like High Snob, Complex, High Beast, then why even bother at all? You know, because these guys are gonna get news immediately. Like they are the people who are creating the news anyway, most of the time. So if you can't beat them, uh, why why play the same game? So for me. I, I chose to do this and stick to stick to our guns and just focus on Malaysia because I feel we have a lot of talent, we have a lot of uh, people which we should you know focus on instead of focusing globally where there's so many players already. Yeah, but then I feel like even masses now in Malaysia has sort of become a, a key player in that, you know, I think if masses were to go away, you know, there would be nothing there to fill the void. You know, I think Juice is sort of running its, you know, lifespan and everything. But then after that is Masses. But after Masses, what is there, you know? So I feel like Masses has sort of become a very key player in this street style, I guess, street style content in Malaysia. Um, do you think that your content is sort of um, lends weight to street style designers or street style people in Malaysia? It's hard because previously we were, when we first started, you know, it's like, oh, any Tom, Dick, Harry, like anybody, as long as you just got a decent lookbook, we'll feature you. 
or like we did, we didn't care whether your you know your brand's name is certain something or what. We we just went ahead and like okay, we want to feature everyone. We just want everyone to know about these brands that are available. And I start to notice that uh, the more you 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 don't really curate the content that goes on your website, the more you devalue yourself. Uh, so it come to a point where, yeah, you know, it's it's pretty easy to be featured on masses. Uh, send him an email, uh, you know, he'll feature it. And it comes to that point where everyone just, just, yeah, you, you know, they put the t-shirt on the floor, they take a picture and that's a lookbook. And I, it, it came to that point and I, I was a bit, okay, we, we need to change. We need to really curate our stuff properly. And uh, if, if your music sucks, your music sucks. If your lookbook sucks, your lookbook sucks. You know, we're not going to feature it. It's, it's too bad. Uh, some I've gotten flagged a bit, like, for people saying, uh, Brian, you you have deviated from your initial uh, plan to help the scene. But I feel if I go back to my initial plan of just featuring everyone, I am not helping them. I'm sort of like uh, giving you the sort of license to continue being... No, no, yeah, I think... It I, sounds I, a bit... Yeah, I so, agree. Sorry to you say agree. that. I, I think that's the reason why, you know, we're not, as far as ATB is concerned, you know, going to like Zook to find all these like musicians, musicians and everything is because, sorry to say, I mean, for me, as someone who's not in the music scene, I don't feel like they're sort of up to par. You know, their music may sort of uh, be okay to some people, but I would prefer the kind of creatives that have soul in their music, like, you know, Luca Fucile mm. or Stefan Kane. <coughs> <coughs> Name drop. <laughs> Shout out to Luca. Thanks for doing the sound. Yeah, he's our sound, uh, sound engineer for this episode. So, yeah. Cool Thanks things. for waking up, Lily. <laughs> no, no worries. Yeah. yeah, and it also extends from like... Um, fashion designers to even like street style. I mean, like there's a couple of street style designers that have come up to ATB as well to, you know, want to be sort of featured to be shout out on ATB as well. And, uh, but for us, we felt like um, Masses is already doing that kind of stuff, you know, featuring curation, a curated uh, bunch of street uh, street mm. designers and everything. So we didn't want to... Sort no, of- it's, it's, it's okay. It, to, to a point, when we first started out, after our first year, we started seeing like quite a lot of people. Uh, there was like Class Street, there was a few other websites, I can't remember. And then, you know, you started seeing all these uh, uh, old-time magazines started to shift their content also to realize that, hey, actually, we should start focusing on our local guys because that's where uh, that there is some surge of uh, support for our local people. Uh, so quite a lot of people jumped on that. And it was... To me, we, we, of course, I have a bunch of friends who, you know, like to troll and all like, hey, bro, how you feel now? You know, everyone's like trying to, to jump in your boat or, or like get, get a piece of the pie. I said, bro, that in the beginning, that pie was never there in the first place, you know? And now that it's a pie, we should all be happy, you know? Right. I, I, don't, I don't really care whether you, you feature the same people as us or whether or not you... Uh, do similar things to us. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, these guys, if they are talented, they should be featured. Right. Irregardless of, let's say, if let's say I'm a magazine, uh, not magazine, let's say I'm a newspaper, a newspaper to a newspaper won't go like, hey, the sun, outside you, 
okay, suddenly Malay came out. Why why did you feature the same guy as I featured? But it, it's news, you know. We we can't pick and choose. If it's worth covering, it's worth covering. That's it. Right. Uh, to me, I, I don't really care whether, you know, our competitors cover the same stuff or not. Or to even say competitors, I think that's, I we are at that stage where it's not competitors. I think it's more of we are all in the same boat at the same time. Right. And we're just trying to to build the scene bigger so yeah. that we all can, you know, uh, what's that word? Uh, profit yeah. at the end of the day, you know, like, of course, build it to a scene, to a, to a bigger scene, and then everyone gets a, a bigger pie right. instead of everyone fighting over, like, a small, small little piece. cupcake. Agreed. And, and, and things like, oh, okay, la, you know, I've got, like, half the cupcake. But it's still a damn cupcake at the end of the day, you know. Yeah. It's not a huge damn pizza or pie. Right. So I think we, we, we all have to start working together, being uh, more cooperative with each other and and just focus on building the scene instead of trying to make a name for it for ourselves. Well, thanks for all the food analogies while I'm fasting. You know, it's uh, It helps a lot, you know. <laughs> well, good thing we're doing this in the morning. <laughs> So you're... I'm still okay. Yeah, you're still okay. I agree. I think that um, uh, when I talk to people like Musa Trees, which is a magazine that's focused on travel, you know, they're more international or even Harper's Bazaar recently. They're all sort of, you know, I don't think that they see each other as competitors, maybe yet anyway, because we're all still struggling. You know, we're still struggling to get advertising or to get people to read our content and everything. So we're still sort of in a place where we can help each other out, you know? So I agree with that as well. Uh, the, the advertising part and all that, um, I think doing masses for five years, it's safe to say that if you focus too much on getting people to pay you, eventually you lose your edge. Mm. When, when, like, there was this point where masses was really shit. Like, you know, we can't afford jack shit. We can't even afford the camera I'm, I'm still I, we're, we're still quite in that situation I'm still using like a 12 year old laptop and oh, yeah it's wow. super old and, and whatnot. and as long as it works it works you know I, mm. I still have that whole hustler mentality and all right. that but what really keeps us alive and keeps that what that attracts people to, to us is because uh, we really try to do it that way Right. And if you, you're a brand, you want to come and jump on that bandwagon, you got to know that we won't sell out. We try not to sell out as much as possible, you know. Um, there are brands who are like, okay, I want to do, for example, let's let's talk Vans, you know. Uh, Vans will come in, okay, I want to do this campaign. And uh, we'll tell them, but bro, just so you know, there won't be a lot of product shots in it. You know, it's, you want to feature, you got to feature the people. The focus is the person that we are, we are featuring. And uh, your shoe is just secondary. You got to know that. that. And they get it, you know. People like them, they are attracted to what you are doing. And they understand. You will attract that certain people. Yeah. Uh, and you won't attract those guys who are like huge conglomerates and they come like, oh, no, no, we want our content everywhere in your video. And the moment you produce something like that, people are going to go like, ah, it's a paid content. Yeah, and I think that a lot of times these like conglomerates or big companies, they don't see it that the trend or the movement nowadays, consumers are getting smarter. They know, yeah. you know, they're not going to be sort of fed 
paid content. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, we look into like Monocle and Nowness. Their kind of advertising is, you know, the indirect kind. You build yeah. that lifestyle, that community. Yeah. And that's how you get the, the, that's the exactly clients right. and community. But then, you know, let's, let's talk about that community in Malaysia then because that's where we are right now. Yep. Is that easy to do? I mean, have you been able to get those kind of people who believe in the the direction that you're going uh, going with, you know, that whole indirect marketing, so to speak, or focusing on the community or focusing on the people? Do brands see what you're trying to do and the benefits that, you know, they get out of it? Uh, yes, I would say the people that we deal with majority are very for the community. Um, they realize that marketing to people right is is just marketing nowadays there's so much we're, we're flooded by social media and uh, as you said people are getting smarter but no n- marketing the best way is still word of mouth right everyone says that but what is that exactly and that exactly is you building a community for example uh I, I do this We Be Thirsty run crew thing with, with my gang and it's every Tuesday uh, we go run at night and it, it all starts because Nike started this whole movement called Bridge the Gap. I, I won't say Nike, lah, but majority of the guys that started this movement, they were sponsored by Nike and uh, there was no brand sort of like... Uh, okay, you, you do this bridge the gap thing, you got to wear Nike. No. You know, Nike just came in and like, okay, you, you want to do, you want to build a community, okay, I'll just, you know, I'll sponsor you whenever I can, you know, drop some cash here for an event here and there. And it, it grew, you know, it grew the, the running community globally. And um, that that is exactly what I'm talking about, community base, Because when you talk about running right now, of course, there are many brands, you know, those like, but if you're talking about like running, based on the community as a crew and like lifestyle looking good at the same time, definitely you think about Nike, you know, and, and that's an example. Okay. Second example. I think this one is super good. It's Vans, right? You talk about skateboarding and uh, you notice if you, if you just follow Vans closely and see what they're doing, it's all about building the skate community without skate community. It's, it's like their core, you know, so the more people that skates, irregardless of what brand, the more people that skates means they more people buy skate shoes, right? So they, they are just doing skate events, skate stuff, so that there will be more people that will be attracted to skateboarding and eventually buy skate shoes. It's as simple as that. you got to build the community. So coming back to this, um, we there is this whole problem with being uh, proud about our local uh baju, our local clothes. Yeah, and all that kind of stuff, right? How, how do you get people to be proud of it? Meaning like, I'm going to wear this t-shirt and I'm going to walk down Harajuku in Japan and at least these international guys are going to notice us. How do we do that? We got to start believing in our own original content instead of looking overseas and seeing this content and go like, oh, um, this design looks nice. I think nobody's done it in Malaysia. Let's do it here. If we do that, we'll always be following people. We'll never be ahead. But there are people who are very original in Malaysia or, you know, uh, I would say ahead of the curve. But because it's not something familiar, they're not doing so well. Yeah. So that's my take on the community. Right, right. 
Um, is it easy for you guys to have sort of, uh, I guess, you know, gone into that community because of the fact that you cover street? Because I feel like street community is fairly, they're fairly close. They're fairly open as well, you know. And I feel like, and this is why, this is why the whole idea of curation is such an important aspect is because everyone knows that if you want to do good or good enough, all you have to do is do street and you can get, you know, viewers, eyeballs, customers, you know, what have you, street style photography, street style design, you know. Is it that, you know, the Malaysian sort of culture is so ingrained, modern culture in a way, is so ingrained with the street culture that, you know, you you kind of have that big audience for you guys to sort of ride with? We, we don't have a big audience, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> this whole street thing, uh, it may seem, it may look like as though it's it's big and it's growing, but it's still like a small chunk of our population. We have like 20, or maybe 30 million, okay? And out of that, it's so small. It's really, really small. It's just the urban people, you know, from the the developed cities of Malaysia. And uh, nah, I, I don't think it's a, it's a huge chunk, you know, that there, there's still a huge, huge, big chunk of people that we have not touched, which is, you know, I've, I've been contemplating moving to Malay content. So once we, okay, yeah, we are talking streetwear, you know, street culture, but what if we wrote in Malay? Would that open up a gate to wider audience, right? So that's what I'm contemplating. That's what I'm thinking about, uh, whether or not to, because the whole, whole point is to take what was back then five years ago, what was uh, small and uh, niche and bring it to the masses. That's why the name is masses, right? So yeah, that's that's what I'm planning, but I'm still contemplating. Right, right. Uh, I mean, speaking about languages, um, you know, if no one knows, Malaysia has like three main languages, right? It's the Malay, Indian, and Chinese. Um, what, is that a problem for you? Is that a problem for you getting your content out there? You know, being of an English sort of publication. Uh, I would say if uh, it's, it's never been really a problem so far, because uh, more and more people are getting a bit lazy to read anyways. So that's why video is the future, and of of course, of course, things like this, like podcasts, right? Where it doesn't require someone to like focus on alphabets and read and process words, and uh, yeah, I think that's the future and. They do understand English. They do. I mean, you know, maybe certain words, they're like, ah, okay, I don't really understand this. Okay, never mind, I'm going to skip. But they get the gist of what we're writing about in the article. They look at the pictures and that's it. But I, I feel if we were to stick to English, we probably have to wait for the education system to get better and then we'll get a wider audience. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, but your content, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're proper English, right? I mean, it's not like the mix, like says have like a mix sort of, yeah. you know, so your content is... We try to be, la. we try to be, <laughs> uh, we try to be like some, the, the thing about me is I, there, there are some publications who really hire people who are like very good English, grammar Nazi kind of people. To me, I, I try to hire people who have the heart to do something, but you're not so good. Uh, I rather have someone who is uh, teachable and and you know you want to learn rather than someone who is good at what they do but thinks they know better than everyone else. 
right? So, uh, yeah, of course, we get grammar mistakes, uh, some, you know, problems here and there with the punctuation and whatnot. But generally, I guess that's sort of like Malaysia lah. Yeah, I get it, totally. <laughs> so, I mean, you're talking about sort of this idea of talent in your team as well, you know, mm. your team building and everything. How big is the team now, by the way? Seven people. And it started just... Me. Just you. Me and one more guy. Uh, my, the, my ex-partner. We started together. Okay. So, it, uh, just just a background. We all started out about five years ago. And we went... Me and my ex-partner, we went to the Mama. Mama. If you guys are not from Malaysia, you don't know what Mama is. It's a place where we eat and it's open 24 hours. And they have one of the best food in the world. It's like the McDonald's of Malaysia. Yeah. I don't think about it that way. That's right. A million times better. Oh, shut <laughs> And a million times cheaper. Yeah, it's <clears throat> So, we were sitting in the mama, we were bitching about how bad the scene is because I used to play in a band and uh, he owns a, uh, or used to own or still own a uh, local uh, clothing brand. So, he was saying like, oh man, you know, we don't get enough, uh, people are not proud of the Malaysian brands, or people don't care, there's, there's no one covering us. And then I'm going like, yeah, it's the same as music, you know, like, uh, that nobody gives a shit about the music that we do. Uh, we spend like thousands and maybe 10,000 or, or, or do like a full-fledged album and spend like 50 grand. And then nobody gives a shit about the album. Uh, there's no reviews, there's not enough concerts, whoa, blah, 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 blah. And then we are like, yeah, you know, it'd be cool if you can have a hypebeast, you know, but, but if hypebeast started featuring us, then it would be different. Then that's where the idea came, you know. Yeah, there's no one actually featuring local stuff anymore. It used to be Four Point, and then in order to survive, a lot of publications actually went international and followed what the public want. Like, I, 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 I would assume. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this so, one, this. five years in, um, your business model, your massive business model, I mean, if you're willing to share, what exactly is it that sort of keeps uh, masses afloat right now? Is it... Read is it you know advertising on your website? Is it you know people paying you to be to sponsor their shit? You know what exactly is keeping masses afloat for all these you know? Uh, easiest way to say it is, there's advertisers. Um, of course we have the website and also the physical magazine. Uh, so that there is two avenues to earn advertising money. Secondly, is we also do events. So one of the events, the major events that we do is Nikola. Uh, safe to say it's like the biggest sneaker event in Malaysia. Uh, we also do events for brands or clients. So, for example, uh, I don't know when this podcast is going to go up online, but tomorrow we are going to be handling New Era's uh, launch in some way permit. So, yeah, that's, that's one of the jobs that we do. So, besides that, we do a bit of consulting. Uh, we do social media management. Yeah, I think that's about it. So it's quite a quite a bit of a various number of business models, uh. Yeah, and you you have to because uh, if you if you wanna stick to just one thing and and uh, hopefully people starts you know paying for your content. What what I realized early in this in the masses, there's too many people doing it, and how how do you increase yourself? Is you have to increase your value, so we have to find ways to increase our value through yeah. these various things. Agreed. Yeah. Um, how is the progression like though? Is it like 
I know you started from an online, uh, I guess, website, right? Yep. So after that, how did it progress from online to these other various kinds of content? So it was a year into the website and we wanted to like sort of find ways to promote the website even more. Um, So we were looking at, you know, uh, Google ads, SEO, that kind of stuff, you know, like Facebook ads, that kind of stuff. But after a while, we're like, this this is something which you will be constantly spending money on. And uh, the returns, of course, you can see it through like maybe more followers and that kind of stuff, more traffic. But uh, I debated with my my uh, partners and said, why don't we create something which promotes the website at the same time? But it can generate value in the future. Um, so we talked about, you know, all sorts of things and end up, uh, we decided that magazine is the way to go. So it's something which can generate income for you. Uh, of course, it takes uh, whatever money that we have, we wanted to set aside to advertise our website. We use that to print magazines. Yeah. So we didn't know what we were doing. Uh, I, honestly, it, the first magazine, the second magazine was like total crap. <laughs> it was just like, okay, we need to do magazine. You know, I have no idea what we're doing. Uh, but towards the third, fourth, fifth, that's when the, the learning curve like really shoot up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started researching on magazines and I, I, I read, read up a lot of like business articles on magazines. Mm-hmm. So as you notice, there's quite a lot of publications that died yeah. in these past few yeah. years. The problem with that is magazines, they have one thing. They are fighting with the internet, which is a losing battle. If you put time-sensitive stuff in your magazine, like, for example, an event yeah. or, you know, or a club event or whatever, all those pictures that you see inside, all those news that you see inside a magazine is already online, even, like, a month before your magazine comes out. Right. Right? So, all these interviews that you're doing and all that kind of stuff, it's probably done before. Right. So, magazines that survive currently, if you notice, are magazines that put timeless stuff you know people like to archive stuff people like to look at uh beautiful pictures scenery or like travel stuff that's why muso trees traveling things it's something which five years down the road if you buy it today five years down the road you look at the same magazine it's still relevant it's still like wow this picture is inspiring this story is inspiring so it's the model has to change um a lot of magazines they didn't adapt fast enough and yeah they just dwindled and died. Meet the Editors is ATB3's podcast series featuring the content creators working hard behind the screen, the printed page, the blog post, and even behind the microphone. You're joined by me, Adam Jeffrey, and our many guests as we talk content galore from what's hot off the presses, the challenges they face, and how to make it, if at all possible, in today's highly competitive and saturated market. One thing I want to ask is like you mentioned some of the content that sort of has preceded you and has also died as well, you know, and even the ones that are surviving. Are there any notable ones that maybe back in the day you were, you know, really gung-ho about reading and everything and maybe has died or today? I mean, what are some of the content within Malaysia, not, you know, overseas that you sort of look towards for inspiration? Is there any apart from ATB? Just say. <laughs> I like I like the last part. That was a nice touch. Um, 
to be honest, um, there's only two, three, okay. three magazines. Okay. It doesn't have to be magazines as well. You know, if no, you have no, readers as well. only only magazines. Okay. Uh, only magazines. Uh, one is uh, what the heck is that? You you mentioned Muso Trees. Okay. I honestly did not know they are Malaysians. They were Malaysians. I honestly did not. I bought one. I brought it back, flipped through. I was like, wow. You know, and then when I flipped to the front to see who is the guy, it's like, hey, this sounds like a Malay name. You know, then after asking around, I was like, oh, crap, it's Malaysian. It's like, wow, good, good. And then the uh, second one is Odd One Out magazine. Okay. Uh, but those guys, they are super good. I love what they're doing, but they just need to be more consistent. But that one's difficult. I know that it's the founder... very, very, very The founder tough. isn't here, right? The yeah, she, she shifted somewhere. And, yeah, uh, she married someone. Yeah, and it's so hard. It's so, so hard. And I totally understand. But, you know, if you're listening, guys, uh, Mas, you know, please produce more shit because uh, I want to buy them. Uh, another one was like that magazine that closed down. Uh, uh, what was it? It's it's kind of like Kinfolk, but it's not. It's uh, that Malaysian magazine. Recently, uh, is the, it? The Desiderata. Okay, I've never heard of it. Desiderata, they only had three or four issues and uh, they closed down. Uh, I think that was very nice. Nicely done. Uh, very uh, aesthetically pleasing. So th- those were the magazines which, uh, you know, inspired me. And uh, apart from that, websites... Honestly, it's all it's all international, cause cause you gotta look, you gotta you gotta see what is current, uh, right now because there's no such thing as when it comes to digital world, right? There's no such thing as borders anymore, you know. Every one of us, we surf the internet, right. we go on international websites, and uh, so far I think even even messes we are not really on par with all these international guys, they are ahead like way ahead of every one of us. Um, they they have, they explore every single option. Right. Every right. single option. Right. Yeah. But I think that, I think if you just focus a bit more on getting the international, then maybe you could also be there as well. I think because you're focusing on the national bit in Malaysia as well, that you're, you know, that you're not sort of comparing yourself to, you know, overseas. Uh, uh well, I'm I'm not comparing. I'm just more like I'm gonna look at these guys and see what they're doing, how they're doing it, try to learn the process and also the the structure and apply it, try to build the scene here using that. You know? Because you just look at it, right? Europe, for example, Japan and, and all these different different spots, they are generally doing very well because they are proud of what they produce. Because what they produce is of the highest level, you know, like Japanese people. I, if I'm going to make a, a simple kimono or if I'm going to adopt the, the denim culture from the, U, the United States, we're going to go full-fledged in. And now denim in Japan is like one of the biggest in the world. They are recognized as one of the best denim mills in the world. Uh, because, you know, I'm going to adopt your culture and I'm going to make it better. Uh, we we are just adopting and following. Yeah. We are not innovating. Right. Uh, so we we that that my goal is to adopt. Yes, but using that adoption of your method, your process, I'm trying to improve. 
I'm trying to improve what you're doing and mold it to help our local scene. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Sort of making your own as well. Yeah. You know? Because we, we can't... Of course, you got to stay up to date and know what the international people are doing. At the same time, uh, these people, your, your own audience that look at masses, they are going to look at, you know, Hypebeast, Highstock websites anyway. Right. So if you're not up to mark, what makes you think you they're going to read yours? Agreed. You know, they're not. They're not going to visit your website. So that's that's my biggest worry. I have a question. In terms of competitors, I know we've talked about competitors throughout the podcast now. Do you have a competitor? I mean, in a business sense, not so much, you know, let's not, you know, let's put nice, you know, aside. Uh, I would say juice. Just upfront. I would say juice. Um, the people that are advertising, they are going to choose. They, they will choose sites. You know, they were like, okay, um, we want to focus on young. So the young are either into that, that, you know, like uh, nightlife, that kind of stuff. That's why juice also does, does fashion and all that kind of stuff also. Right. So I'm going to focus on that or we're going to go a bit of a different route and, you know, we're going to do this way or we're going to go the masses route. So I think that it's not that they have like a abundance of cash. Let's advertise everywhere, you know, then okay, lah, good, lah, good for everyone. But they will choose. They will choose, you know, like, do we want these young people who spends money drinking or do we want people who spends money buying shoes or clothes? You know, that, that, that too. But so, but what I'm, I guess what I'm asking is that you're not looking towards juice, for example, for a way to build your business. No, right? no, definitely not. Right, right. Definitely so not. So for you, as masses in Malaysia, I think that it's fair to say that you're on your own. I would as, like to think so. Right. I would like if to. anything, you're looking outside for inspiration. But as far as in Malaysia, there's no one that you, you're sort of rivals with or anything like that. Um... Honestly, I as I said in the beginning of the podcast, the scene is so damn small. You know, if if you're gonna like, oh, you know, I do it better. I did, I did it like that. And yeah, of course you can, you know, brag all you want. But at the end of the day, it's still, still a damn small scene. Mm-hmm. And like, you use as much as you brag, you still to that small bunch of people. And like, my goal is to really, really as I said, build the scene. Okay. And I think if you focus on the huge goal, this kind of small pettiness will not be a focus. Okay. Like, who's a rival? Who's your competitor? Um, I think you just stick to what you you want to do, what you want to achieve. You know, of course, there's you got to be smart in business to know, like, what around you is happening. But that doesn't mean that you should really take it to heart and like okay let's stalk these guys let's really look at what they're doing you know uh for example we have luca right here if if luca is gonna you know look at all these uh, producers as his rival then he will be focusing on their music not his music you know if you want to create you don't focus on somebody else's shit and create you gotta create your own shit Word. so yeah, I think sometimes we are too caught up with just, you know, like this guy's this guy's doing that. Oh man, I think we should we should do it. You know, we, we have this it sorry, I'm gonna go a bit Malay now, okay? We have this problem with the Tom Yum shops. You know, if someone goes somewhere and open a Tom Yum shop, 
hey shit that Tom Yum shop doing well okay I'm gonna open another Tom Yum shop and the rest of everyone's gonna go over there and open like 10 12 different Tom Yum shops mm-hmm. right you get what I mean you see that all the time right <laughs> I mean to modernize that context you can use coffee shops as an example but you know I get it as well it, but but it all yeah. happens it's very very Malaysian right it's like you, you see one guy do the neon light, the tom yum, everything very nice. Then everyone goes there, does the same stuff. Mm. You know, somebody opens a, a food truck in this in this part. Every food truck will come and open there. And then nine of them will close down and only one will survive. Yeah, so that's that's the problem, you know. We, we don't look at at go at it and go like, okay, that's, that's, that's how he's earning money. How do I, you know, learn from that but do it differently? You know, I think I think we are we are all just trying to like too we are too much we are too focused on like oh he's doing well let's try to do that. Right. I agree. And uh, I think that Luca and I have talked quite a bit about you know this idea of working under the radar. I feel like a lot of times the good, good musicians have always worked under the radar in silence because they don't want to be sort of influenced by what the audience wants or, you know, what everyone wants. And so they, they can focus on what exactly is their music or their voice, so to speak, mm. as well. And as far as like my partner and I, we've also talked about it. We've always just focused on how are we building that ladder to wherever it is that we're building to. Not so much how are we building that ladder against someone else's ladder, you know. Yeah, There's exactly. no point in doing it. They're doing different ladders, agree, you know. Agree. So I think that if any, if you guys are interested, you know, catch us on Curating Creative Culture, which is a new podcast uh, with Luca Fucile and myself, which will talk more about all this kind of very deep shit as yeah. well. So deep shit left, right, <laughs> If they're building ladders, you should build stairs, man. Like, it's different. Yeah, or a pole or whatever, you know, for it's about, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Like, it, it's... But... To, to talk about that that front part where you said um, under the radar and and don't follow what people want uh, I kind of disagree you gotta know what's in trend and what people want oh, definitely. you gotta know you gotta know and uh, at the end of the day you don't want to be that burnt out uh, artist you know like nobody gives a shit about my music nobody gives a shit about me you know like become disgruntled yesterday it was like you know so sometimes it's 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 just you gotta have your own style but you you gotta know what people want and you gotta be a bit commercialized a bit yeah just the really good and successful artists they know how to tread that line that fine line between not selling out but still you, you know, like, selling out, but not selling out. Yeah. You know, Flume. it's... Flume is the perfect example. Right? Okay. He's still, he's still, you know, like, the Flume is like, the underground guys, like, hey, he's still the shit, you know, yeah. and then you have like, this commercial hipster girls, and, oh my god, Flume's the shit, you know, he still, he still gets both sides. Yeah. 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 And I think, uh, I don't know, I feel like, I've, from my friends, my group of friends, that I've sort of met, throughout my journey, in ATB, I feel like they've sort of doing what you're saying now, the whole idea of, you know, not being in silent for too much, you know, mm. yep. be afloat a bit, see what's up, see what's out there and everything. So if you're also interested, because we've been making some new sort of tracks, so you can... Yeah, you send, you send them over. I forgot to check them out. You send through my, uh, what, Facebook messenger or something like that, I think. Yeah. And, and your email, and your website. 
Just a little jab there. Huh? Shit! <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, guys. I'm really really busy these few days. Uh, but yeah, I I will get to it. But speaking of being busy, what's what's the next big step for uh masses right now? I. Uh, um, it's, uh, it might be a bit scary to say it out loud yeah. now, but I'll, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, first things first, I think it's going to be something that impacts the public. Okay. So, uh, we're, me, we're trying to create a, uh, clothing label. Okay. Wow. Uh, and this clothing label is, uh, for, it's for a good cause. And we're trying to find the right way to do it. And um, secondly, this is like the super long-term one. Uh, it's to create affordable housing for people. Wow. Yeah. That, that, is the, that is the super long-term goal, like, you know, 10 years, 20 years down the line. I think that's, that's really something which uh, is a problem with young people right now. Um, so I was very inspired by some of these, like, really famous people who they are famous because they solve people's problems. So you got like Elon Musk and all these guys. And uh, taking a cue from there, they said, you just got to see what's the problem and try to find a way to solve it. So I see a lot of homeless people in Pudu, in Chowkit. And um, they sometimes don't really have clothes to wear. So that's why I would like to start a clothing brand, which is either buy one free one or, or there is some sort of mechanism to help them at the same time build it to a point where it creates jobs for them so it takes them off the street that's number one number two is uh, uh, probably a cafe in the future uh, FNB joint that we can employ these people to help other homeless people you know employ the homeless give them a place to stay give them a job to do give them a life so that they can help other people so that's that's the goal. Uh, that's why it's called masses. Yeah, it's not just for the cool people. That's that's not what I want. Yeah. Yes. So that's that's what we we. Uh, I sat down. I told I told the partners like, you know, as much as we are trying to promote materialism, I'm so sorry, but that's what we are actually doing. You know, like, hey, this shoe is coming out. Buy it. You know, like, hey, 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 hey. That's cool. We gotta we gotta you know like spend our money somewhere, right? But at the same time, we've got to be balanced. We've got to know, uh, we've got to do good with what we can do. So that's that's uh, the goal. So everyone agreed. There's like, hey, it's, it's a damn good idea. Let's do it. Let's try to find ways to work it out. But we're still in that, you know, calculation period. We're counting our eggs. Just, uh, I guess, to wrap everything up, in terms of this, like, helping masses, you know, helping people and everything, have you done any of that CSR before? Uh, what is it? Corporate social responsibility kind of efforts um, in masses? Uh, part of like uh, what we do is events. And uh, like two years ago, we worked together with Showroom. It's a skate shop. Uh, we did uh, Buka Puasa. So we got a food truck in, uh, breakfast. And we, we like just give out free food. And all the skaters came. I would say all, quite a lot of skaters came. You know, people from around the, the area came. Quite a, a few homeless people came and took food. Uh, that's one. Second thing was, uh, there was this particular year, I think it was three years ago, we took Yayasan Chowkit 
the kids from Yaya San Chao Kid to go raya shopping. So they bought toys, they bought clothes. Um, that was the money was actually taken from a portion of the raya sales. So we took some money and we spent it on them. I think about a total of about thirty eight kids from Yaya San Chao Kid. The look on their face when they were buying their toys and their clothes. It's it's really something else. Cool. So, using materialism, materialism for the yeah. greater good. It's a nice story. I don't think a lot of people know that about masses. I feel. Yeah, we we try not to. We try not to, you know. Yeah, there's some point if you. If you yeah, hey, I'm I'm, I'm doing good <laughs> shit. You know, like look at me. I'm giving to the poor. You know. <laughs> yeah, like oh, that's so braggy. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I think that's about wraps it up, lah. Thanks for. You know, being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, uh, Luca, for the sound. Yeah, no problem. And uh, thanks for thanks around the block. Do check them out, cause they will be around the block. There we go. Okay. Very in your face advertising there, but thank you so much. Yeah, Cheers. You you need to be in your face once in a while. Yeah. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Meet the Editors. This episode was produced by yours truly, recorded by Luca of Chile, and edited by Ong Eun Kian. Join us again next time for another in-depth interview with a new creative around the block. If you experienced any form of orgasms from my melodious voice or had your mind blasted by creatives, then feel free to subscribe at www.aroundtheblock.world or send us any comments, questions, and condemnations at adamj@aroundtheblockmedia.com. At